Blessings one and all, and welcome to The Mystic Fire. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the angel at my window. And this is a true story that I've talked about a little bit on the internet. I do have a YouTube presence and another podcast that's been around for over two years now called The Spirit Side. And I've talked about these things a little bit on those platforms, but maybe not quite as in-depth as we're going to talk about here. I don't talk about these things a lot because, as I always say, I'm not one who wants to try and elevate myself above, above others or make it seem like I'm special or that I have something that other people do not because none of those things by any stretch of the imagination are true. But I want to talk about these things here briefly because they do apply to us all and they have meaning for us all. You know, most of us, when we're children and younger, we have this belief that God is good, God is love, and that it's possible and even natural that we would commune on some level at different times with beings such as angels or even the spirits of our departed loved ones. But then as we get older, we're told that these things are evil, they're of the devil, and that we shouldn't practice such things. But the question I would ask here is, is it natural not to do these things? Is it practical? Is it a spiritual reality that when our loved ones leave this world, we're never to see them again unless they're fortunate enough to make it into heaven and then we're fortunate enough to make it there and we see them in the afterlife. Is it reasonable to believe that when our loved ones die, that they have no clue or no care what's happening with us or to us here in this earthly realm? Did God design the universe and the spiritual universe and its reality to be that cold that we're separated and apart from the realm that we call heaven and that it's very rare that we see those moves or manifestations of God or of spirit in our lives. Is it normal and natural to believe that to have an encounter with an angelic being when we're truly in need is the rarity? And most times we're here just to suffer through alone by ourselves. I personally believe that the Bible and Christian history paint a different picture of all of these things. Because the early church did believe in the communion of saints. 
that those who were departed, whether saints or martyrs or loved ones, were still aware of what was happening in our earthly lives. And at different times, they would even manifest themselves to us in miraculous ways. The early Christians used to gather at the tombs or in the catacombs and at the tombs of many of the saints and martyrs and ask for their intercession, for their prayers, to help them through the trials and tribulations that they were facing here upon the earth. So how different is this really from what many call spirit, spiritism or spiritualism? What is the difference between seeing the an apparition of, say, the Virgin Mary or a very renowned saint or even Jesus or an angel or someone who was martyred for their faith and seeing an apparition of your mother, your father, your grandmother, do not all these things come from the realm of the spirit, from heaven, from the presence of God? Wouldn't all these things be considered gifts to his children? I believe that they are. Jesus said that those who believe would do the works that he did and even greater works than this. And we see in the story of the transfiguration on top of the mountain, when Jesus' clothes turned white as the snow and as bright as the sun. And it said suddenly he was standing there talking to the spirits of Moses and Elijah, men who were long dead from this earth by the time Jesus began his ministry. Was Jesus sinning? Was Jesus going against the will of God? Was he doing something there that he wasn't supposed to be doing? Or what about that moment as described in the 22nd chapter of Luke? Verses 43 and 44, when it says, An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And this was before they came to arrest Jesus and take him to be crucified. And he was suffering, suffering greatly in his spirit and in his mind. And it says, An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So if Jesus said that these things that he did, and greater works than these we would do, why would it be so strange for us to be able to commune with what we now call the other side of life or heaven or the afterlife. Now, I don't believe as some spiritualists and spiritists believe that we can just snap our fingers and dial up any spirit or angel in the afterlife that we want because it doesn't work that way. All of those things are up to God. 
I'm sure there is rules and regulations and protocols that the spirit world must follow in order to interact with us. But also it's important to realize that we're here to learn our lessons. We're here to grow on planet Earth. And so anytime we had a problem, anytime we had a decision to make, if we could just call out to the spirit world and say, make this decision for me or do this for me or tell me what to do, how would we grow? How would we use our own God-given free will to make a decision for the right or for the wrong? I can't help but hearken back to my own childhood when I had this feeling that all of us were from a different place, a place that wasn't here, a place that was full of love and kindness and goodness and peace. But I never really understood what that place was until later in life I heard about God and heaven and Jesus and angels for my grandparents. And immediately I said, they're talking about that place. I know what they're saying. And my personal faith in God became something that was foundational in my life very, very early on. And there were times when I was very young that I did see things that we would call apparitions and spirits, things that I couldn't explain, people that no one else saw besides myself. And the strange thing about it is that I was never afraid until later in life when I learned from stories and movies and books and stories that my grandparents would tell about ghosts and goblins that I should be afraid. Maybe these things weren't friendly. Maybe they weren't natural. They weren't from here. What did they want? But in the beginning, I wasn't scared at all. I didn't feel any kind of apprehension. I felt like I knew them, even though I didn't quite recognize their faces. And I really grew up before I had any religious indoctrination that there was a God and the universe and this place called heaven. It was so wonderful and good and always looking out for us and that anything truly was possible. It was a magical universe, a magical world in every sense of the word. And I saw that magic play out in my life and in certain events and in little ways that I never spoke of to my brother, to my parents, or to anyone. They were my private little treasures that I just knew what they meant, and I knew where they came from. But unfortunately, as I got older, I began to realize and see that this world wasn't as friendly as I would have liked it to have been. When I started school on my first day of kindergarten, uh, it started a whole array of just days in school of being bullied and beat up and pushed around. 
My father at the time overindulged in alcohol and he was verbally abusive to me and my brother and our mother. We had other relatives that were verbally abusive just as much as my father, if not even more so. The friends that me and my brother had that were our age, it was very peculiar to me because they were supposed to be our friends and they would come over to our house or we would go over to their house and they would sit around and call us names, very unbecoming in today what would be pol politically incorrect names. And all of this was very sad for me to see, and I used to have this thought since I was probably two, three, four years old, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that, that I, w I would always look at the things that people would do that were hurtful and mean, and I would say, why are they doing that? Don't they know that love is the law we're supposed to live by? Don't they know that that other place that we come from, we all treated one, one another with such kindness and goodness and there was none of this? How wrong do we have it in this world? And it was a real burden to my young soul. And I remember one day, it was actually November 15th, 1967. I'm sorry, that's November 15th, 1979. I had come home from school that day. I was in the sixth grade. I was 12 years old. I had a terrible day. The teacher didn't like me. I felt I was always singled out in class for any little infraction that even the other students would get away with. I was bullied. My father was greatly verbally abusive at that time. And I just came home from school. I remember throwing my book bag on the dining room table. I went immediately into my room, lay down on the bed and just sat there listening to music because that was my great escape at that time, just to go in my room and listen to music and daydream of a better world. And up to that time, I probably spent a good year, maybe year and a half, many times talking to God and saying, God, you have to help me. You have to show me that there is love and that there is goodness in this world. Because if this is the way people treat one another, there's no hope for any of us. We are lost and we are sad and this world is just a very dark place. These were my thoughts at 12 years old. And I remember that particular day in 1979, November 15th. I remember really calling out to God in my mind like never before. And it's almost like this event was planned because my brother and I shared a room. But that particular year, for whatever reason, he was going out just about every other night with my one uncle Christmas shopping. So I had the room all to myself. My brother wasn't home. My parents were out in you know, the living room or the kitchen doing whatever they were doing. And I remember calling out to God that day and saying, I really 
need some help. You have to show me that there's love and goodness in this world. Because we're so lost, I feel like there's no hope for any of us by the way we treat one another. This is terrible. And there was a window at the foot of my bed. And I remember looking out of the window up toward the sky, and it was a very cloudy day. Nighttime was starting to fall. It was dusk, but there were still those dark, wintry, threatening of snow clouds in the sky. When suddenly there was a break in the clouds, and I saw this light. And it came down from the sky, and it hovered outside of my bedroom window. And for all intents and purposes, this light looked a lot like we would call a modern-day UFO. And standing in an opening on the side of this craft, if you could call it that, was a girl about my age. She had on a gray, silvery, one-piece It looked like a jumpsuit. She had long blonde hair and wings like an angel that protruded out of her back. And I heard her speaking to me in my mind. And she asked permission to enter the room. And at first I was scared. Because by this time I was taught things that I didn't understand I should be afraid of. And I was hesitant. But yet I felt like something within me just needed to allow this being, this girl, to come into the room where I was. So I finally granted permission and she stepped into the air, right through the wall, standing at the foot of my bed. Now some people may say, you were crazy, you were hallucinating, you were having some kind of an episode. And for a lot of years, I thought so too. But when this girl stepped into the room, I was a little bit afraid, but she started talking to me that she was there to help me and to help heal these hurts and these doubts that I had about this world that we were living in and that if love even existed at all. And little by little, I began to feel like I knew this being. I knew this girl, this strange girl with the wings. That I knew her all of my life. There was just this feeling. And the funny thing about it is, visitations from this being reoccurred throughout my life at different times. And every time I saw her, she aged as I aged. And she shared with me things about God, about the universe, about our world. She even told me things that would happen in the future in my personal life, and they did come to pass. There was a time I asked for proof that I thought... Maybe I was just having some kind of psychotic episode or hallucinating. 
And at that particular time, I would be around family members and friends and there would be floating orbs nearby, celestial music playing out of nowhere with no source to be found, the smell of perfume and roses, friends and family members being touched by an unseen presence. One individual, a family member, had her hair picked straight up off her head as if someone had grabbed the hair on the top of her head and pulled it straight upward and then just let it go. So was I hallucinating these things? Because an awful lot of people began to experience phenomenon when I was around that absolutely could not be explained. And it all started with that angel at my window. And it was later told to me that this being was my personal guardian angel. And that she came to me in this form when I was very young, a form that I would not be afraid of, that I could relate to, so that she could help me and speak to me because God sent her to help me through these difficult times in my life, especially when I was younger. And now the moral of the story is, if an angel from heaven appeared to Jesus in the garden before his crucifixion, if angels came and ministered to him in the desert once his hour of temptation had come to an end, if Jesus stood on the Mount of Transfiguration and spoke to Moses and Elijah who were long departed and then said, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works than these, then why shouldn't any of us be able to interact, to be able to be helped by those beings from our real and true home that is not of this world? Because I am absolutely convinced of what I saw and what many of my personal spiritual experiences have been in my life. And many of them, other people witnessed as well. Or there were physical evidences that were left behind. And so I'm also convinced that this heavenly realm, this communion with angels and saints is possible. Perhaps on a level that we don't even understand, or perhaps that we take for granted. I am absolutely convinced through my spiritual studies and study of the scriptures over the years and my personal experiences, and also the experiences of others that I've read about, who are people that were sincere in what they've seen and have experienced in their lives. And you can tell. You can tell who those people are that are 
sensationalizing and those who are speaking with a true heart because they encountered something, they saw something, they experienced something that changed their life forever. And they don't look at this world the same. And all of those things say to me that heaven is closer to us than we know. We are cared for. We are loved. We're not forgotten about by God or Christ or the angels or the saints or even our precious loved ones when they cross over into that world beyond this world. I'm absolutely convinced that they're right there by us, watching us, observing us, praying for us, and sometimes stepping beyond the veil to be right in front of us and to give us guidance and help and love and compassion. And those are things that no one could ever convince me were wrong or evil or to stop believing in them for any reason whatsoever. This is literally a part of my spiritual DNA. And the wonderful part about it is it can be a part of all of our spiritual DNA because I'm not special. Other people that have had these experiences are not special. They're not some kind of super saints or psychics or whatever label you want to pin on them. They're just people who are lucky enough and blessed enough to have these experiences and to know. But then also to tell everyone else, every one of us in this world, we can experience that same love, that same compassion, and that same help. Perhaps we could all experience in our lives an angel at our window. I'm Paul James Caden. I thank you for listening today. May you and your families be blessed, and I'll see you next time here on the Mystic Fire.